Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Aaron. And I'm James. And welcome to the Dads of Destiny podcast. In a new setup. Bang, bang. Yes, we are in a new setup. Video coming, I don't know about soon, but (laughs) eventually. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, I think there is a link, or if you want to Venmo us, if you know us, and then we'd love for... uh, you help to help us get the, these cameras for it. <laughs> so, because that's all cam- well, actually, cameras and a new computer. Because the one that holds our um, yeah, because we have a camera that we can use, but we just don't have a computer that's capable of this is true digesting the video, right? Because they come out really hefty. Yes, we had done a let's talk about that for a minute. We had done a couple ones where we were recording a uh, a raid, right? Yes, we did a. Um, gameplay footage of a raid. Yeah, and the first one uploaded was with great. Some, not not great. It oh, you're right. It was not good at all. <laughs> you're right. It was very choppy. Yeah. Um, had a few had to upload it a few times. Took quite a while. And then the second time, it just kept failing trying to upload, and we just kind of yeah postponed. Realized our limitations, and it was wanted t- to put out the best product we could for sure because it was 10 hours it took to upload and then and it failed yes multiple times yes so it was a whole whole process so we got some other things that we're trying to do with some gameplay but we want to get up on get up on youtube with y'all as well so you can see our faces our beautiful faces. yes and then and i think some of the jokes would definitely go better when they realize (laughs) why we're bellowing bellow laughing like we talk with our hands and facial expression you're very expressive 100 percent 100 percent and losing 50 percent of your appeal yeah but dang bro no why are you bringing the salt out like that? i'm not saying i'm saying you're very expressive and that adds to your appeal i i appreciate it i appreciate it and so yeah, so we have a uh, so yeah, we're in a new setup. I like it. We're I actually do too. It's like chairs are a little bit more comfortable than what they were. Yeah, um, and so it's a uh, it's cool. And then we can get, and then now we have a place to get the Gallahorn um, Nerf gun Let's and put go. it down there. So I'm excited. Yeah, big moves. We're making moves, so it's going to be good. Dude, speaking of making moves, um, I don't think you have played Destiny at all this season, right? I haven't. And so, and you know that I. Hop on for do like, the weekly mission. That's it, like bro. Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I get on there. Let me get this story real quick before Bife puts up a video and messes me up on my lore. Now, people are really excited about it. Um, is it okay if I give a spoiler warning right here? Sure. So, I don't follow the story oh. at all. So I keep up with it via you. So. Hey, that's what that's what we're here for. And You're, so we're Bife Junior. Yeah, oh, I wish, dude. I wish. Um, <laughs> Bite-sized Bife. There we go. There we go. That's who I could be. Uh, I like so, that. So there's, Trademark that. I like bam. that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you haven't checked it out, I definitely, you know, Bife, definitely check out his stuff. He, he tends to come through and in the clutch for a lot of that stuff. So in the weekly mission, we get to go through it. Um, you got to stop Zivu Wrath, and it's like... Oh, they're back? It was Zivu, or they never left. Zivu Rath in hiding. Yeah, yeah Zivu Rath okay. has never left because they're trying to take um, down. I um, what's her name? Aisha, something like that. But it's the big worm that's not really that's not a worm god, but it was like a, a worm. sea monster or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's the good one. one. Yeah, the good oh, one. Okay. And so they're trying to get after her. They're trying to, you know, do like some hive always do these, these rituals right mm-hmm. and so how they can teleport whatever it is and and so you show up and i can tell you this uh old gallahorn or two-tail fox makes that mission super easy <laughs> uh, 
It I, makes most missions super easy. Dude, so I was playing that, and uh, I think they have solar shields. So, I mean, with a Galahorn, dude, you're, you're running. Wrecking shop. Oh, yeah, you're running through them dudes, uh, through the, the, the boss wizards or whatever it is. I killed myself more with a rocket launcher than they did damage to me. <laughs> it was literally like that. So, um, but you get like a cool little cutscene. And in the cutscene, is uh, it as impactful as last week? It was cool. It oh, was, okay. Yeah, it was. I don't think it was as impactful because I kind of saw this one coming, like with how Witch Queen ended. And so, and it, and basically, I thought we definitively beat her though. We, oh, 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 bruh. We didn't definitively beat her. She's like a guardian now. She oh she got the power of the light right. And I she thought we has, killed her ghost. No, her ghost is the one that escaped. Escape, oh. like that Escape. traveler like zapped it up and then like threw it back in the throne world or something like that. Mm. So, so maybe that's a cutscene I skipped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh. <laughs> like okay, cool. Um, where's the cool I'm gun? I'm ready to shoot stuff. Right, absolutely. I'm bored. Yes. <laughs> oh, you want to tell me a story? Next. I'm too far behind. Yeah. <laughs> this is just not going to make sense to me. Yeah. Oh, is that a cutscene? A, a, a cutscene? Uh, Chaos Reach. Uh, yep. So, the or Void Bomb. What's that one called? Nova, Nova Bomb. Bomb. There we go. So, it. Uh, so basically, like they talk about it, and then. Um, they tell you like, hey, we got to bring Savathun back. Savathun knows the way, so we got to go. So we're bringing Savathun back. So the the guardian or yeah, the guardians actually have her her body. Oh, okay. Because the way it works is that they can't be revived without a, you know, how, however the ghost works. Like if you're mm-hmm. incinerated, if you're reduced to nothing, they can bring you back out of nothing. Yeah. But if you have a body, they need the body to resurrect you or whatever, you know. So they're so, keeping the body on ice. That's right, bro. We got that Joker. So in case <laughs> Imaru tries to tries to come through, who's that? <laughs> snatch it. Who's it, Imaru? Oh, is that the ghost? Sabathun's ghost. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you can snatch the ghost and break it and pop it like you do in the in the game. So. Uh, so yeah, that was so, so cool the first time you did that. Sure was, dude. Sure yeah. was. And it got old pretty. It, pretty quick i i think what for me what made it old was argos being like i feel so guilty doing that i was like what you talking they're about? high <laughs> what are you talking about i feel no guilt at all i feel like oh not even an ounce not an ounce back it up bro these are tools yes and, you're not real <laughs> right you're a jerk i don't care uh goodbye and that was yeah so so we're gonna be bringing her out and so that should be pretty pretty cool so yeah so i knew they were going to be bringing her back mm-hmm. just how i just didn't know when and i had a feeling it was going to be like about the wit or actually i thought it was going to be like whenever it's closer to the nine like after the final shape mm-hmm. um so then oryx could be brought back as well because his body's just floating you know what's terrible bro is neither you and i have not played or done the dungeon for this season uh-huh and that's what, like, the whole mission of it is, is to stop Oryx from coming back. Oh, uh, so he's coming back for sure then, right? I don't or know. Or do you stop him? I I, th- you, I think we stop him. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But let's just know we need to get out there and run that dungeon. 
<laughs> or be writers. Be writers? Oh, man. It just... That just came off the top of my head, and I that's what like, they're doing in the game. Yeah, I feel like they're always... I don't know, man. It's, or is it just too predictable, then? I feel like it's getting too predictable. Like, everyone's coming back, which uh, I guess yeah. it's, like, the whole thing about Destiny. It's turning right? into comics. Like, nobody's ever really dead. Oh, man. Yeah, or uh, what's that one? Star Wars, bro. Star Wars. Didn't yeah. the, they... The only person that they brought back is... I don't follow Star Wars that heavily, but... Palpatine. That's what I'm saying, bro. I thought it would be someone like I liked how they had like because the they whole... didn't kill off a bunch of people and like they killed off Han Solo. Yeah, he stayed dead. Luke Skywalker, he stayed dead. Right. Leia stayed dead. Like, but it's like Palpatine is just like sticking around the whole time, all the time. You I know? don't know about all the. Well, if he's the main villain, then yeah. But for nine episodes, that's what I'm saying. Well, and I like, guess. 400 years how many uh movies was thanos the main villain though like in the background because palpatine wasn't explicitly the main villain yeah but the other thing that they did really good with thanos versus that is they had other they had other villains in it and there were like people weren't dying of old age yeah like <laughs> like obi-wan kenobi and i mean dude, you're talking about some of these it's like well darth vader was one of the most iconic villains of all times and he was great yeah for sure like i mean but then like you know palpatine was the one pulling the strings behind that and i feel like that was a good run from like episode one to episode six Mm -hmm. um and and of course we're just talking about the movies but then also then you have like past that where like kylo ren is the um i think he's like the no he's is he's he related the, i can't remember if he's related so he's han and leia's son yeah. so he's he that's is his related so grandfather his gran- yeah his grandfather yeah so i mean you have like a huge gap right there right mm-hmm. so you're talking about like 60 to 100 years this guy josh is gonna love this conversation <laughs> one of our guys in the discord he's a big star wars fan really i would yeah. love to hear his take on it because uh, not gonna lie uh, you're not that knowledgeable. I'm not that knowledgeable. I'm not either. But at the same time... I watched Star Wars for the first time like three years ago. I don't think my wife has ever seen all of them either. I think we tried to we tried to sit down and watch it and I started... The first with, ones, for me at least, like the George Lucas original ones, they were yeah. kind of hard to get through. Yes. And I'm finding that too because I think I tried to... Because I, I should have started them with episode one because it is more action-packed. But then if you go back and it's the quality is like visually, the quality right. is so much worse. Is a kid going to be entertained by that? Like, I feel like you should do chronological order like or release order because release or oh, you mean like do four five, six and then one, two, one, three. two three and then seven. That's how I do most things anyway. Okay. But um, if you're introducing it to a kid, like the visual fidelity going down, I feel like you might lose them and i actually tried the doing it that way in the release the chronological release mm-hmm. and i lost them really <laughs> yeah i was like nope oh so you couldn't initially gain their attention with the i i couldn't and so mm. but in episode one there it is more visually appealing like and so where it's like four five and six are more story oriented mm-hmm. so that's a tough thing to, to introduce then so when do you because you have to have um they have to be conf- conscious enough to understand the story to be hooked right. by the original ones. 
And the original ones, though, they got some 70s stuff in there that is, like, super weird. Like, <laughs> you don't know if, like, there's, like, like at first you have Luke and... They're, Han, like, Han yes. Solo competing <laughs> for the love of Leia. And then it's and like, then, oh, they're siblings. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Y'all kissed. <laughs> <laughs> and not just, like, kiss each other on the cheek, but, like... like romantically. Yes. Like... Y'all What's weird, going bro? on, George Lucas? You gotta account for that. Hey, man. Hey, I mean, there's dude. Even some of those old SNL skits, mm-hmm. their morals were kind of dude up in the air. Man, <laughs> it was. It was just one of those. It's like, oh, that's really weird. Yes. So, um, I would digress because we want you to be able to listen to this with your kids every yes. once in a while. Uh, but all the time, we we try to remain kid friendly absolutely 100 percent. this conversation though definitely just be weary of them old snl bits that's yes. all i'm saying um <laughs> now you know what dude speaking of snl i think some of the best runs were like the 90s i didn't watch snl in the 90s or whatever i, I, I didn't i didn't either because i wasn't allowed to but i, I wasn't back, either i go back and i look i watch some of them now dude listen to this lineup you had chris rock oh i know they had super duper legend adam sandler Will Ferrell, Eddie Murphy, Chris like, Farley, just absolute legends. David Spade, yes. I mean, they were, they were so so funny. That's like the I know that um, meme where it was uh, MJ, Steph, uh, like all these super duper first ballot goat level players, and then Kevin Durant. I oh, the- no disrespect to David Spade, but. He's not a Eddie Murphy or Adam Sandler or anything like that. I love him, but he had a good right. I think he had a good run for a little while. I mean, yeah. him and Chris Farley were gold. That was like, oh for sure. That was, I but mean, he did the heavy lift. Chris Farley did the heavy lifting. I feel like, and no disrespect to David I, Spade. I love him as an actor and everything. I think they were. It wasn't even Batman and Robin. I'm trying to think. I think they were just a good tag team. Because, really? Yeah, because David Spade. I mean, Chris Farley did. The like, only thing I really remember for David Spade for was. There was, he worked at like a fashion magazine, like a sitcom where he worked at a fashion magazine. And I don't remember anything about the show. I just remember it being in the background and it was a good background show. Okay. You never seen Joe Dirt? That, yeah. I haven't seen it in so long though. Joe Dirt was was solid. It was. (laughs) Like, it was. at growing up in West Texas, and you, you know, yeah, being, that was a very quotable one, movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just, just, and there were so many things, right? Like, yeah. um, okay, my bad, David Spade, you're, you're up there. I mean, even Tommy Boy, you know, like, yeah, he, he did so good at just, and, and I think that was the thing, like, Chris Farley would sometimes just be like so far out there. Mm-hmm. He did great of like grounding in, it, kind of. <laughs> well, bringing in the sarcasm yeah. part of the comedy where you have like the slapstick and mm-hmm. the sarcasm. So it was wasn't even Batman and Robin, man. It was just a perfect Batman that, and Superman. That's exactly what I was thinking, bro. It was just so good. Um, yeah, man. So uh, we went from that was a that was a good bit. Destiny right there. two. Destiny <laughs> How two. did we get to hey. Chris Farley from Destiny two? Hey, you know what? Let God be God. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, dude. So, okay, let's. So we have we're we're, we're finishing up on um, Flashpoint, which has been good. We're going through like all like the the second sub mm-hmm. subsets and stuff. And I'll be honest, 
after watching the movie, I lost. Have you seen it yet? I will not see it now. You're I'm, not gonna see it. I'm not gonna oh, see okay. it. Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding I me? lost a little bit of momentum and excitement for Flashpoint because, and I, I'm gonna finish it. I'm yeah. not saying I don't want to finish it, but it got me thinking forward. Like, okay, we're nearing the end. I want to get excited about a, a another story. So I listed some things, and we can kind of decide as a group what we want to move on to next once we're done with Flashpoint. Yeah, let us know in the dis- let us know in the Discord what, what do y'all think? What would y'all be interested in uh, us kind of covering? I have to say though, I um I started uh, I picked it up again and I was reading some of it last night at Flashpoint and we're in the Captain Cold mm-hmm. saga part and do or Citizen Cold is what he is what he's known as in uh, in this universe. Mm-hmm. And dude, it's He's such a good bad guy. Oh, you, that I feel like that's a spoiler because everything that you and you kind of know he's gonna be a bad guy. Well, it starts it off in the very beginning, so as soon as you read it, like reading, oh, it, okay, like you realize first, he has ulterior motives, absolutely, because he's projected as a good guy just from the cover. from what we've no from what we've read so far. Because I remember the the uh, blackboard, uh-huh. it says citizen cold and like question mark like they're questioning whether like oh. how is he a good guy or whatever bro that is so okay that's like a whole nother level that i didn't i didn't think of because i don't know because in that they're they're trying to oh man i don't want now i can't talk about it because like <laughs> it's so good now like that, that thank you flashpoint <laughs> movie that really added like a whole nother layer of because getting to see it from somebody else's point of view, it's like it's like wait a minute, is it Citizen Cold? Like who is this? Mm-hmm. Or is it Citizen Cold? Is he really a good guy or bad guy? Like is he yeah. a hero or is he uh, a maniacal villain? You know, or, or not? He's not maniacal. Um, Eobarthon, it Reverse Flash, he's maniacal. He's narcissistic. In is are you saying is he conniving? The, he, oh yeah, he's definitely conniving yeah. and, and narcissistic. I mean, it's really, dude, it's so good, man. It's so good. Thank you, Flashpoint movie, man. Because I mean, they're they're built like they did a great job of just building that world yeah. of what is what is going on, like what's happening. This is how this is how radical it changed it. Yeah, and yeah, dude, and so. It's it's good, man. Like there's, oh, I I had no doubt it was gonna be good. I was just just burned. Just, I was just so disappointed by the movie and the lack of just what really makes this story so great. Like them choosing to leave so much of it out when they could have so easily done so. So just returning back to the good of it, I feel like would just make me more disappointed in how bad the movie was. I think that they could, I mean, they really, if they would have done it right, they could have taken that and really... Because this could have 100% been a two, three-parter movie like Infinity War Endgame. Yes. If they did it, I mean, yeah. If they they, built up to it or something like that. And it's such a good story that they should have taken the time to do so. Yeah. And then even had, I mean, because everyone has like these general ideas of like, I mean, dude, oh, you know, I mean, I think that adds so much more to it too. Because you already have the Wonder Woman movie out, the Aquaman movie out, and you could have done such a great job in kind of merging those, that that whole dynamic together, dude. And it really, if you had the first point of... I'm showing him a, yes. a picture, like the, some of the most iconic and 
amazing things that happened in Flashpoint and what could have been. Oh, wait, so you're saying that didn't happen? None of this happened. The devil is a lie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No like, reverse Flash. The whole... No um, uh, Wonder Woman killing Aquaman's wife. I, like, well, even, the, even so, if you don't know, oh, I don't know, do I spoil this for you? Because you don't know why Wonder Woman killed Aquaman's wife. I don't. Wife. Oh, 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 bro. Do you want the spoiler or you want uh, to read no, it? No, I want to read it. Okay. Right. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Then don't watch the don't watch the animated movie yet either. I'll I'll probably watch that after the fact. It, it, it does I feel like it's gonna do it a lot more justice than the it does. movie did. It really, really does. Cause even in the Is the an- animated movie, is it just the one movie or do they have multiple it's just like the, part two or side stories or anything like that? It's just the one. There is another movie that I can't remember. I think it's like apocalypse dark or something like that where um uh where like dark side yeah dark side but the reverse flash ends up getting stuck um in um where he he ends up getting stuck and like he knows that he's basically dead but he's pulling the speed force back in to keep his mind together Mm-hmm. And it's super, it's really, really cool. But he's stuck in that timeline, though. Yeah. And he can't escape it because after they have basically... Um, That's kind at- of the plot of uh, The Flash season one, right? He gets stuck in Barry's timeline. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And he can't get out. because, And so it's... But, but he can't get out because he's essentially dying because Thomas Wayne got him. Mm. Right? And yeah. so, like... in in the the end of flashpoint um thomas wayne stabs him and so but in the movie he he, he does he shoots him mm-hmm. and so but there was a thomas one. wayne i didn't remember him meeting the reverse flash yeah oh you i don't remember that dude he actually kills him he did yeah i thought barry just ran off to i guess i'm remembering it oh man poorly. dude <laughs> well cuz it's because the moment after that was so good oh yeah you know, like that's true. Yeah. So like he, um, that's what really stands out about Thomas Wayne to me. Like, man, that was so good. Yeah. Cause and no Thomas Wayne in flashpoint. Yeah. It's, well, cause he's sitting there, like, you know, he's sitting there gloating over mm-hmm. him that, you know, cause Barry has, Barry does, is the he, one that did this. Right. By going back. Cause he doesn't have all his powers yeah. yet. You know, he's still, he still just got hit. And so he's like, Oh man, all these things that I could do, mm-hmm. I can't do yet yeah. because I'm just regaining you know, he, mm-hmm. he's not, he's not, the he's tw- not on par with the reverse flash because he just attained his powers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, but Eobard Thon is sitting there gloating and then Thomas Wayne comes behind him and stabs shank, him. In, shank. Yep. Yep. Stabs him in the back with a giant sword, impales him. And then and you're like, whoa. And then they kind of get away. And so kind of calm everyone down and, but it's. Uh, but yeah, it, it's great. And so that was one of those in the animated one. They do a good, they did a good job and they even brought that, that part back to it. And it ends up being, in my opinion, it ends up being really cool. It's really entertaining. Maybe they take some, I think they definitely take some liberties in regards to the comic versus like the animated, mm-hmm. but they did not butcher it how you had said with the movie. Yes. They, and somebody that hadn't read the story said they enjoyed it, so I'm glad that they were able to enjoy it. But That's great, but I've yeah. enjoyed this story so much. I'm just so disappointed <laughs> at how lazily they did this. 
Yeah. That, I mean, that that's... Uh, but it's bombing, so hopefully that sends a message like, hey, take care of these stories. Like, the story, do justice by them. Yeah, the stories are good. And, and you know, you can take... But don't, don't take it out to the woodshed and chop it up and then... Just trying to make a buck. Like... Man. Because they're spending a ton of money on yeah. it. So... Put in the work. Put in the effort. Yeah. To do justice by these stories. Yeah. So we're we're looking at different ones. You got you have like a, a good little list here. So. Okay. So I know we d- had discussed um, maybe wanting to do another, uh, either doing a Marvel story next. Um, so I've got either the Venom run. There's an Austin writer. Okay. That has kind of taken over and redefined and kind of tells the modern story of Venom. So like in modern comics, he is kind of the architect of it. Gotcha. And his Venom run is considered like the all-time greatest Venom run. Oh, wow. Uh, so we could read that. He introduces kind of one of the main villains in Marvel now. Uh, his name's Null. That's a really good run. Wait, his name is who? Who, the author or the v- villain that he introduces? The villain he introduces. Null, K-N-U-L-L. Oh, okay. So he's like a... The symbiote god. Oh, that guy. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. All right. And he's wait. Just, so that that so that run that Venom run is the one that. Um, so it's like three omnibus worth of um, stories. So there's wow. Venom, and then there's like a main Venom one, and then there it moves on to Absolute Carnage, and then Null has his own story. Oh, that's cool. Cause so, and, and then uh, if you've ever seen Thor, Thor: Love and Thunder, the Necromant sword mm-hmm. was actually Null's sword or weapon. I believe so. I I don't know. I've kind of stayed away uh-huh. from the lore of Null. So I've watched a few videos, and I think I remember them bringing that up. And I turned them off just because I knew I oh, wanted to read. Gotcha, man. The my Donny bad. Kate. No, it's all good. I wanted to read the Donny Cates run of Venom. Okay. Because I know how good they do the comics and uh, good justice they do to these stories. So Now, do you think that is because they need to do a good job at the story, whereas like in Hollywood, like they, it just seems that they're just like, they can just kind of recreate it and they already have a good story, so they're, they're more at liberty to just obliterate it? I think so. Just because the visual visual medium takes a lot less effort to consume, you have to kind of be invested to get in and read, and especially comics, mm-hmm. you have to kind of educate yourself on where to go. There's just so much of it that you have to have some type of investment. So you have to make a better product because people have to put in more work to consume it. That makes sense. I, I, yeah, I mean, well, I would feel that then you could just amplify the movies kind of like how disney did with marvel (laughs) 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 so so disappointed in you warner brothers and then so for um marvel we could also do the mcu hickman run so the mcu loosely kind of bases their stories that they're currently telling on uh jonathan hickman's run and i think he's running he's on a big run now as well Okay. So the Hickman run is kind of the modern Marvel story. Gotcha. Um, it starts in House of M and the Avengers and then leads into Civil War. And that's kind of the starting point of oh. the Hickman run. And then it ends with Secret Wars, which is kind of the culmination of what we're going to get in phase like seven or so. Okay. So that could be a good run. And 
I was previously reading like all of the side stories for that, and that was like ninety issues per, per run, um, but or per story arc. Yeah. But the side stories I feel like Mar- for Marvel don't add as much as they have with DC, so we could just read the um, individual trades that consist of the main story. Okay. So that's like five issues oh, per man. story, and there's I think probably. 12 big story arcs yeah. in his run. So yeah. it's a big undertaking, but it's a much grander of a story. No, I dude, I would think I'd definitely, since we went through like a DC one, mm-hmm. I'd definitely be down for like a Marvel one. Have we talked before, but let us know in the discord. Oh, and then we've also got, um, the last Ronin. I know. we. Oh yeah. If we want to at some point, maybe take a break during the Hickman run, if that's what we decide to do, or if we want to do the, the last Ronin first, it's just one book. Okay. That wouldn't be too, difficult want to mix it up and not get a absolute superhero quote unquote story get more of a mutant like a teenage mutant ninja turtle Mm -hmm. okay it's kind of like a more it sounds silly but it's more grounded than like a ninja turtle story is more grounded than right you're not dealing with cosmic entities and everything like that you're dealing with a city not Mm -hmm. a a city and like against a mob then you are um yeah, exactly. Like a cosmic, like this is the fate of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> and so this guy can actually blow up the earth. Yeah, and it's more like, oh, oh watch my out, brothers died, and because that's the premise of the story, right? I think the last. Oh one. yeah, I thought you. you I haven't, haven't. I haven't read it yet, bro. I got you that for your birthday. I've been saving it for the podcast. Oh man, dude, you just need to. You should just read it. You're good, dude. I want to enjoy it and like get my initial reactions and everything like that. Okay. I don't wanna, have a watered down version the, of my then let's do that for it. let's do that one next okay i think that's sorry guys read. we appreciate all of your feedback on put it in there because we'll do it we'll do your feedback after this, this gives you time to respond absolutely make your decision we'll absolutely but it's like one of those like you like i don't know if you've ever gotten like a gift for a friend and they don't use it yeah yeah no i intend to use it i'm excited <laughs> to read it i'm not I'm very excited. That's why I put it on the list. That, that's that was that troll level nine thousand right there, bro. Just come in, and just be like, "Hey, by the way, you don't appreciate me." I know. I feel like you appreciate me. I just don't feel like you appreciate the gift. <laughs> I greatly appreciate the gift. No, yeah, you're so. good, dude. You're good. Uh, so yeah, so we'll be doing the last. I think let's just we're just we're doing the last round and after that, so you can. That'll give them time to answer the poll question. Absolutely, I'm 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 here for it. Yeah. So we have and and then yeah, w- which Marvel one? Because we'll do a DC one later. Because while uh, um because I still want to. Or get if you to have it. any other recommendations for us for a DC, um yeah, because I've listed some Blackest Night, Kingdom Come, Frank Miller's Batman. Now, now, what is Kingdom Come? I don't know what that one is. Kingdom Come is like uh. I feel like in, sorry, side note. I feel like in just like in, Injustice is going to take up. Is gonna like overthrow Ooh. all those like where yeah, people be like, was, hey, I, I think y'all should read this. Injustice is really good. Kingdom Come is perceived by some people as like an all-time great DC story, like on par with like a Flashpoint. Oh, really? So, what is Kingdom Come? Kingdom Come is. Oh, let me see. You don't even know. You just heard it through the grapevine. I just. It's so complex. Okay. I'm looking up a description. Just so I can accurately describe it to you. Who who's involved in it? Uh, it's mainly I would say a Superman story. Okay. And it kind of it's kind of the my the first time I've appreciated um a Superman story. Ooh. 
Now, is this where, is it like against like a dark side one? Because I know him and dark side always be going like back to back going rounds. Okay. So it's a story about a dystopian future in which Superman has retired due to the public preferences for heroes who will use lethal force. So it's uh, essentially Superman Mm. gives up on humanity um, because everybody there's so many superheroes now and kids of superheroes and they aren't as morally just as the previous generation so all of the previous generation has been kind of given up on humanity and it's just wow like this anarchist superhero society and then another threat comes that brings all of the justice league back out of retirement and it's a really good story oh wow i think that that does sound really cool cuz then it could be um and then they're like battling against their kids and yeah. stuff like that. So it's I'm, good. I'm here for it then. Like I thought it was going to be one of those like. Where and it's it's a quick read. I read it the entirety of the story on a plane ride. Oh, okay. And, so you already read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, nice. And so it, so it's definitely worth yeah. So we can just start. Uh, worth a reread for sure. It's so good. Then then you know what we should do in that poll. We should just be like, hey, let's just get some votes, and then with that vote, we'll make a schedule. That's a good idea. And so, like, we can have it. Just and I, kind of- I think a schedule would help me with my readings as well because we don't have a point to... I just had to kind of try to keep up with where you've read to. And now, and, I read and listen to a lot of books. Yeah. Like, I was looking at... Because I'll look at it and see, like, oh, he read this whole book today. <laughs> so, I don't know, like, what the target point is, and then I don't have enough time to catch up. But if I had like, okay, this week we're reading four issues, I could for sure read it every week. Gotcha. Just to give you an example, like I've gone through 10 books in the month of June. (laughs) Oh, wow. And still beating me in Flashpoint by a Flashpoint, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I got a bunch of Audible credits I need to burn for a $10 credit. So if you got any recommendations. Hey, actually, I just finished one that I really, really enjoyed and it's called Man Up. Okay. And it was super, super good. I enjoyed the mess out of it. Um, I did like a June, like... That could be a reoccurring segment. We could listen to a listen or read a book and kind of give cliff notes on... Things Man, I would be running through them books, though. I mean, <laughs> you, can totally be the, you can be the curator of the books. I, I'm totally down. Well, I got this list and it was like... And, and most of them I have like... I've read before or, or gone through before. Um and uh, it was it was like a, this thing where it's like, hey, here are like nine books for men. Mm-hmm. And so it was like for June Mental Health Month, right? Men's yeah. Mental Health. And um, yeah, so I went through all of them. Dang. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So. Um, all right, and of the nine, how many do you think are 100% worth reading? Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. By John Eldridge. I read that book like 30 years ago. Oh, wow. No, 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 not 30 years ago. 20 years ago. You would have been like four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, um, and so, yeah. Uh, and so I read that book like 20 years ago um, whenever I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, uh, and it's super, super good. So getting to go through it again was, was really, really good. Um, uh, extreme owner. I have the list pulled up. Uh, extreme ownership, which is always a solid one. It's a big self-help and leadership book. Um, it's really just checking your ego and learning how to really be humble mm-hmm. and 
take ownership of what is happening, of what's going on in the world, in it's your turned world. turned into a dad segment. Yeah, dude. It's, so it's really good. I mean, it's a, it's a man book, right? Yeah. Like it's a man book list, you know? So a bunch of ones that were really but good. What, is, is there like a shining star in that list? Like um, a must read? Yeah, I mean, definitely the must read ones were, um, well, this is what I'm giving you. So Wild at Heart, Extreme Ownership, and Man Up. Okay. Those, those three that I would say in that were really good. Relent. There was one book in there, Relentless by Tim Grover, that was really good, and it actually brought. Um, and I, you know, I know you're a LeBron James fan, and so he he's. If you don't know who Tim Grover is, he ran the uh, what is it, Action Athletics or something like that, where he was the fr- he was the original trainer for Michael Jordan mm-hmm. that started to get Michael Jordan on weight training. So, because he was getting bullied by the, the Pistons, yeah, the Pistons back in the day, and so, and he gives everyone names, and so he is a big proponent of. Um, I feel dr- like some LeBron slander is about to happen. It is, it is. <laughs> so uh, he gives more clout to Dwayne Wade than he does to LeBron James That's during silly during those wins. So that's silly. I don't know. He brings <laughs> he brings up some really really good points that I'm I was sure he like, does, but that's silly. Dang, man. Um, so yeah, it is. That's silly. It, you just, it, it just is. I'm not is. saying that Dwayne Wade doesn't deserve any credit, but to give him more credit than LeBron is silly. I don't know. Uh, it, it's, so I, it's a team that, game. It is a team game. And I feel like LeBron gets a lot of, the majority of the credit and it overshadows the his teammates to such a degree that you don't give his teammates enough credit mm-hmm. but i don't think he there's been a championship where he isn't the main reason they won a championship gotcha. and i don't know that his teammates have ever gotten enough credit for their contributions though i will say that yes and i totally i think that he had one of the greatest teams i mean i honestly thought my opinion, and this could be different, but I thought that whenever that team assembled, that they were going to be the greatest team ever. I thought they were going to do what... I don't think they utilized Bosch well enough to his talent to say they got to that point. Because that was a team that, like, even looking back, mm-hmm. I mean, they had... And I feel like Dwayne Wade was plagued by injuries too much to kind of towards the end there yeah they didn't accomplish as much as they could have it's yeah i really kind of broke down yeah i felt like during those i mean especially being in the east because at that time period it was like everyone in the west still would just get bullied Mm -hmm. or they're like they're bullying each other and the east has like an easier run to the finals yeah um that i feel like it's more balanced now whereas during that time period and like oh, for like I mean dude for like a solid 20 years right yeah it was just whoever comes out of the west like mm-hmm. you know and then the east would come in there and they'd be able to sneak one out here and there but it was it was because man they just got beat up the whole time mm-hmm. and then at the end you have LeBron James waiting for you and he's like <laughs> oh great I gotta play this guy in order to win a, a championship um but yeah, so the uh, so the book was uh, so one of the ones that, that was towards the end was "Man Up" by um, I hopefully I say his name right, uh, Bedros Kulin. Kulin, he's from he's an Armenian guy, okay, um, and so he uh, his family immigrated here and great book, 
great great book um i really enjoyed it so you know it's more of like a leadership and Mm -hmm. business book um but it was absolutely fantastic so i'd say out of those the three that that really shined um and uh, was wild at heart extreme ownership and man up um there's a david goggins book in there too which is always fun he's fun but he's just to such a degree that it's almost outlandish it's just more so inspiration as opposed to like okay you can take little nuggets from it right you can't really what he projects is kind of unrealistic yeah for some people but i mean it's still really good i enjoyed there's there's a guy who i used to work out with um and i'm like dude david goggins is your spirit animal because he has a saying that whenever your fitness stuff is just not it's not feasible or realistic to be healthy like it's detrimental to you to the stuff to the degree he does it Uh it's inspiring but it's not to aspire towards gotcha Dude, you're acting like you have a degree in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, totally. And uh, there's a buddy of mine, and he he always has this saying, like whenever he trains, and he's like, he's like, come on, 20 more seconds. You can do anything for 20 seconds. And next thing you know, like you're hammering out like three more push-ups. You yeah. Um, kind of like whenever I worked out with you, and it was like, hey, uh, just so you know, your chest is about to die, <laughs> but nothing inside your chest will die. That's the important thing. Yes, I'm not going <laughs> to let you hurt yourself. No. Um, so, but those books were really good, and um, and yeah, uh, we got over into we, you know we hopped around there a little bit, but yeah, um, great books. Highly recommend them. Uh, those them three were, were were super super good, and then we're going to create that poll there in the in the Discord as well. And I think that, and so, and I kind of tagged into that relentless book because it talked so much about Michael Jordan um, in there and he kind of used him as like, oh, this guy, like, you know, it was just going to be inevitable once he got some of the things around him and just who he was. And it was really funny. He talked about so much about how like their relationship with Phil Jackson, Mm -hmm. how they were just so, it was such a business who Mike and Phil? And Phil yeah, oh, okay. it wasn't one of those of like, oh man, hey, he's a great coach, you know this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a great coach, but it was just, hey, like, here's what we're doing. There wasn't a relationship, right? It was just, I mean, the relationship was all based around, yeah, winning, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was so. Michael it, Jordan just kind of seems like that kind of guy, though. He is, he is, and I think er, kudos to Phil Jackson because he was, he was just able to to get that right mm-hmm. i think that's even the same thing can be said where i mean he got him and kobe bryant yeah two ultra competitive individuals who just made life difficult for other yeah. people <laughs> but for them is like hey it's the perfect mesh you know it's a perfect mix i think michael was more physically gifted than kobe but I I don't know if Kobe might have been more competitive. No. No? No. I don't think I would I would actually argue the other way around. You think Kobe was more physically gifted? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mike was a Mike is getting voted most gifted athlete of all time in these ESPN polls and Really? St- yes. I remember we talked about it. We were saying how ridiculous it was that like they've deified Jordan so much because he beat out Dion and 
uh, Bo Jackson and LeBron. And that's pretty. I remember us talking about that as far as the athleticism yeah. go. And we even had that discussion, I think, last podcast, where it's like, who's more athletic? Which is funny that, you know, you're like, oh, I think basketball players, and then I think football players, mm-hmm. you know? And so even with that, I, I, I just see, I mean, I don't see anybody more athletic than. Bo and Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. Yeah. Like, and my, the reason I say basketball players are more athletic is because the wide gamut of football players, you've got punters. Yeah. You've got quarterbacks, which they have aspects of athleticism with their arm or so, but overall athleticism, a good majority of them, I wouldn't consider more athletic than most basketball players. Mm hmm. And then you've got like offensive linemen, which are skilled, but not necessarily they're big hyper athletic. Yeah, yeah, they're big, and then you have quick hands and quick feet. Yeah, but that's it. But you don't go further than like five to seven yards. Yeah, in really any direction. Mm-hmm. Whereas, but then you've got defensive ends, which are probably the most athletic freaks in the planet. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, they have to be because yeah, to be that size that fast and there's so many things that you have to and you have a time limit right yeah like, and so so if you're taking individual positions 100 percent, i'd take football players mm-hmm. but if you're talking overall athleticism across the board i'd say basketball players yeah I, and see and then i look at the skill players being wide receivers and running backs and i'm yeah. like man but i think defensive ends are more athletic than those guys because they're so much bigger and <laughs> I think the I think the impre- I think I still think that the like wide receivers, running backs, and corners are more athletic, and safeties are more athletic. But I think what is more impressive is those defensive ends because you can be that big. They're and- just they're comparable ath like feats athletically. They're comparably, mm-hmm. but they're so much bigger. So yeah, <laughs> which exactly. makes it so much more impressive. And I think adds to the degree of athleticism yeah just being that size yeah is just like oh my gosh like how can you be that big and that fast yeah so it's and 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 that kind of goes into like the so we want to talk a little bit about like the recency bias is what something you had Mm -hmm. you had brought up now explain a little bit to that so we get some context what was the i sent you something on was it on instagram or was it on um i'm pretty sure it was on instagram on instagram it was a recent championship or something that somebody had won. Okay. I don't remember exactly what it was. The championship regarding... Like, they were saying somebody was the greatest of all time. But Oh, and was this the one where we started getting the conversation about tennis? Uh, That's a fun conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The tennis and baseball conversation. Yes. <laughs> Of course, of course, just so you know, we have conversations outside of this, uh, you know, but we had a really funny one when we were talking about tennis and baseball because we ended up, oh, I sent you a text on Tiger Woods. And, and I asked who was the the most dominant in their sport. Yeah. Was I, Tiger's run the most dominant in his sport? And I think absolutely yes. He doesn't have, uh, it's kind of that, so with Tiger, it's kind of that Jordan and Bill Russell debate. Like, well, this guy has more championships. And that's how it is with Tiger and Jack Nichols. Jack Nicholas, sorry. Um, and so with Jack Nicholas, it's, dude, it is in, 
saying how much how much he how much he won and how much every he was just like just the favorite to win mm-hmm. everything and he's only like two or, I think he's only like two or three maybe it's a little bit more so then would Tiger's the revere reverence we have for Tiger mm-hmm. would that kind of be a recency bias thing or is it comparable you think to or su- does it supersede or uh, Jack Nicholas's run uh, no, it's definitely supersedes Jack Nicholas's run because it was Jack Nicholas was 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 winning, mm-hmm. but it was it was how Tiger Woods was winning. Like I think I to sent the you, degree, yes, oh, okay. Because I think I sent it to you, um, and and then he had then he had injuries that were just insane. Like yeah. he he can and there's even like this big push or not a big push, but there's conversations of like, give the guy a golf cart because he's basically playing. Like he almost had to have his leg amputated oh, multiple wow. times. And he's, if he were to be able to play with the golf cart, do you think he could still dominate? Oh my gosh. There's a really good chance. Cause eventually you're maybe you're, Liv's going to step in and say, Hey, we're going to let these guys use golf carts. Dude, it, it might. And then he could make a really good run then because yeah. It's not the walking the course like the first round. It's like multiple days. Yes, it's multiple days. And so walking that course, like, dude, it's like a five hour, four to five hour event. You're so walking this course. Is it, is he saving something then? Like, is he not exerting himself on the first day because he knows it's going to carry over the day two, day three, and he's not going to have anything left in the tank. Well, even, even if you, or look, is that a thing in golf? Oh no, definitely. I mean, if you think about it, you're, you're, you're trying to, cause a lot of it is mental too, but mm-hmm. then think like if you have pain, like in your leg and if you ever look at it, like a golf swing, like you use, it's, it's really a full body exercise. Yeah. You're pulling it back. You're, you're bending your legs. You're bending your front leg. You're twisting off your back. You're, pushing you're, you're pulling and then you're you know pushing out pulling around I mean it's a whole it's a whole thing mm-hmm. and it's um and and then and then it, he's having to walk uphill downhill like all these crazy things uh that just like if you you're basically going on a hike yeah <laughs> you know yeah and so you're, you're going on a hike and then you're and then you set up to something and then you're having to twist turn like you're, you're mm-hmm. and that your that's, body just wears down absolutely and yeah. so it's one of those like if he hadn't had like you know bad car accidents you know some of the things that have happened to him it's like dude where would this guy have been kind of the vince carter thing except for yeah. he won all these championships mm-hmm. right so it's it's it is one of those that, and then I think the I think there was one where it's like during his entire run, he was the closest person to it. Like he was like negative one sixty or something like that. Is that like his odds to win his, or something? No, his score, oh, okay. his score, like uh, like his total score, like across everything, like across all of his wins and everything. Mm-hmm. And the person then in the second place, like their total was like plus. Um, it oh was wow, like, they weren't even in the negative. No, yes. <laughs> I mean, like it was oh, like wow. his run was That's crazy. Yes. Like how uh Larry Bird described Michael Jordan, like that's God in basketball shoes. Mm-hmm. Like that was Jesus out there swinging the golf club. Speaking of Larry Bird, that and that kind of goes along with the recency bias thing. Oh man. It's 
people just saying outlandish stuff to be Googled. Like yes. the, the I say that all the time to you, right? Yeah, like and we, that's, we get things It's that, true. Like people say just some dumb stuff. Like the, the thing that sparked this whole conversation was there was just to me, I'm gonna call it a mid run, and they were saying it's the angriest run. In the decade, and just the one person you brought up, mm-hmm. uh, we'll Leonard share this too. We'll share this too. I want it when it comes out. We'll share that on the uh, on the Instagram on our story. Okay, that'll be a way so that everyone can can have some context to it um, on our on our Instagram. Um, but it's just like a five yard run. He loses his helmet. He, he loses his helmet. He doesn't truck anybody or anything. Right. They blow the the play dead when he loses his helmet, so people start backing up or oh, backing off of him. I didn't even realize that part. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous to say, like, oh, this is the angriest run of the decade when Leonard Fournette at LSU exists. Oh, like, dude. That run wouldn't have even made his highlight tape. No. Like a 10-minute highlight tape, it wouldn't have made the cut. For sure. And then there's the uh, Larry Bird. Who said it? Dennis Rodman? Did he say? Yeah, he could. He even, said if uh, if Larry Bird played in today's game, he would be playing in Europe. Yeah, and it's just so disrespectful to look at these all time greats or to just not even give any credence to the past or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. everything that was accomplished is just erased to just gain some notoriety yeah and let, let's put this in let me put this in perspective imagine if this is how good i think that that i feel that larry bird would be right now in today's NBA. especially after somebody like nikola Jokic just won <laughs> dominated right. the nba finals this, or the entire nba playoffs yeah imagine imagine the defense and the aggressiveness of draymond green with the shooting ability of clay thompson in the that's, same person. That's kind of far. That's not far. He didn't. He didn't shoot at the volume that Clay. He didn't shoot shot the volume. At, no, no, no. But he didn't shoot. At the I don't volume. know that he had the percentage either. Oh, like the, as deadly of a shooter, the the three point shot just wasn't as prevalent. It wasn't as prevalent. Then. No, but at the same time, though, he would put up the shots, and he was super clutch. Because, well, let me ask you this: Who do you think is a better shooter, Reggie Miller or Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson by. A wide margin. Okay, then, then that is then that is not a good one, like for me to say, because obviously Reggie Miller is a better shooter than Larry Bird was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just by by because Clay, alone. Steph is the Steph is it, the Steph best. is labeled as the best shooter of all time for sure. I think and the best off, point guard, which is wild, because that but that's what that their game requires. Yeah, how they play it. But I think. Steph is a better shooter because he can shoot off the dribble. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Clay is a better uh, spot up shooter than Steph. Okay, I don't know about that, but I see what you're saying. That Clay is a monster. He is a monster. He is so so good. He's absolutely ridiculous. But so well, let, well, let me put it like: imagine if Larry Bird. So Larry Bird, his game would be similar to Draymond Green, where he does a lot of the. Um, as a facilitator, as a facilitator, yeah, absolutely. As a facilitator, a defensive presence, but then he was also a scorer. I mean, if it wasn't for LeBron James, he would be the best small forward of all time. Yeah. So uh, Larry Bird shot thirty-seven, or I'll say thirty-seven point seven percent from three. Clay, okay. at a much much higher volume, shoots forty-two percent. 
I mean, that's still it, it's it, comparable, but that's with the increased volume. But five percent? No, well, no, even that five percent is a lot. Yeah, that five percent is a lot. So you're Clay talking is like he's elite, elite, right? Best. So the, of so, the best. So then, what, what, then, then I guess what I would say, if you took Draymond style, but then added a top ten shooting percentage, yeah, that you get Larry Bird. That's that's a fair comparison. I think like, that's insane. Uh, if yeah. you can imagine the facilitating that guy playing, ability of Draymond Green, which is what makes him the most valuable aspect of the Lakers, or not the Lakers, but of the Warriors. You is, just really wanted to go to Lakers. No, no I don't. <laughs> He's just an amazing playmaker. If he were able to shoot as well, be it, yeah. that that Warriors team would be unbeatable. It would be oh, it would it would be so so difficult because you have somebody who's playing defense, who's getting rebounds, who's passing the ball. I mean, it's it, it would just be it would be fantastic for them, right? For them, like as players and and all that stuff. But yeah, man, that's a. Um, that, that's pretty wild because that's all these guys are looking to do, right? Like we, I think we say that like Shaq is really good at staying in the media, yeah, because that's what gets them paid. That's what gets them more advertising. That's what gets them. But people like that. Shaq, it makes me annoyed uh-huh. because he doesn't need to do that stuff to stay in, stay relevant in the media, right? Like, and I, and I think some of that though is like he's already because he's already there. Yeah. Right. Like with like um, the NBA on TNT. Like yeah. And him and just Charles' interaction, hilarious. Just keeps him relevant. You don't need to say these just outlandish, wildly inaccurate things to stay relevant. I think some of that though is, and to your recent to the recency bias, I feel that Shaq gets not the respect that he he deserves. deserves. Yes. I As, feel like most people, I think. They agree his dominance is the highest ceiling of dominance in terms of basketball. Okay. Like when he was at his peak, his peak was higher than anybody else's peak. I don't know. But he's not an overall better player than a Jordan or a LeBron or... I don't know. I would would definitely argue for Jordan during that time. You think Jordan was more dominant singularly than Shaq? I don't know. Like during the... I mean, especially during the early 90s run... You just didn't have in like because once he got over that hill of the Detroit Pistons, goodness, man, he was just. But then once Shaq was with the Lakers, like that dominant run, the three peat with them, insane. Like that's what I'm saying. Like arguably, it's like, comparable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that would be like I would put those two at that. Like you said, like that dominance, right? Because it was just because there ain't no way that he should have got. You know, not have gotten an MVP. Yeah. You know, multiple MVPs the fact that, during that time. So <laughs> that Steve Nash got two MVPs in, during that time in the dominance in the peak of Shaq is just wild. Yeah, yeah. It while he was actually winning. Yeah, you know that, and and that was and I think the other thing though too though is that people don't remember about that was part of the NBA that was in my opinion always say it the worst era the worst time in the NBA not that the players were bad but that they were really starting to push towards more offense mhm and the Mike D'Antonioification it, of it the, and that was the thing though is that if you look the coach at that time was, was Mike D'Antoni it was <laughs> that's why I said that yeah i mean like and so which there are certain players who i think are just like a match made in heaven like 
I mean, dude, if you put Mike D'Antoni and James Harden together, James Harden is elite of the elite. Yeah. Because how would that Thunder team have been <laughs> if D'Antoni was the coach? With him, Russ, and KD. Oh, man. The amount of offense they... And oh. especially with Russ's style of play of running. But, I I mean, yeah, definitely the style of play of running. But I think it's still one of those... I think it would have just fallen apart because it's so offensive heavy. And that's what But you they, have the weapons, though. Like, KD, I think you would have unlocked something in KD. Like, getting KD to actually shoot threes at the volume that he would have in a D'Antoni system... With the caliber of three-point shooter that he is, I think they probably the offense that they had would have been so potent that that's the only time D'Antoni's system probably would have actually worked. <laughs> Maybe, or or I mean, I guess that's the thing, right? It either works out really well or it just implodes on itself, yeah. right? And Steve Kerr was like the perfection of it with those dominant Warriors teams. Yeah, I mean, he definitely could be. I mean, I still, I still try to give more credit to Mark Jackson that he oh, did. Yeah. I he, think he assembled the talent and got them up to speed and coached them properly to get them to that point. Yeah, but the system of Kerr, I think, was more suited to their style of play. It, I mean, obviously, the results speak for themselves, right? Like um, where he. Um, I mean, where they ended up going on a on a run. They, yeah. Did, uh, did they three peat? They didn't three peat, right? No. Okay, they just went back to back. They won one. LeBron won one. Um, then they, then won, they won two in a row. Katie got hurt, and then they won the one last year. Okay, I thought they won two in a row. They did with Katie. With Katie. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. There was a break in between with the LeBron three one. Okay. Yeah, and so I mean, it, it definitely takes the right composition to obviously win, and and there is that. I mean, that we, we always talk about guys like you know, basically like a twenty year span, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and and even I feel like that we and we talk a lot about the NBA. I think when it comes to recency bias. Because you have NBA players who maybe that's one of the things too is it's like the lack of respect. I feel like because football is so physical, yeah, you don't like everyone knows like dude. And I feel like the in football, the window is so much shorter yes. that it is feasible to have the conversation early in a career. In basketball, the careers are so long, and they start talking about them eclipsing these great players so early on in their careers that it annoys people to the conversation and then they just never open their minds to the conversation being feasible and then both sides of the conversations just butt heads and try to discredit each other. Yeah, and I feel like that happened a lot with... and that So that happened a lot early on with Michael versus Magic. Mm-hmm. And it just came down to... It ended up coming down to like a winning winning percentage in... Um, a winning percentage when it came to the finals, right? Yeah. And it also helps that Magic had to play MJ in the finals, right? And so, but he didn't even have Kareem in that. I mean, not Kareem, but he was also old man. Yeah, like, it like Magic was. <laughs> was that post HIV? Yeah, comeback. Yep, yep. Man. That's what it was. That's what it was. Magic could have been. <laughs> His career got short, cut short too. Yeah. Oh no. I mean. Definitely, but he also—I mean—I think he got five rings. Magic, yeah. 
And so, and, and he, and, and I think that's he played with Kareem too. <laughs> yeah. He played with Kareem. Um, but all the, the greats kind of had their, you have a their running mate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think the only one who did it, who was just absolutely special and ridiculous that, but he didn't win one was Allen Iverson. Yeah. And so well, I say that Allen Iverson and Charles Barkley. So, um, cause Charles Barkley never got one and mm-hmm. man, but he would, He'd get to the finals and there, but he also played with Hakeem too, and never got one. Right, but they they also that that was the thing they would team up at the end of their careers. Yeah, and that I feel like I'll, I feel like I'll, we all, and that's part of that. I think that's part of the recency bias is that even the cultures are different. So yeah. now people will get together. Now you have teammates who get together in their primes, in their primes. Whereas then it was, you know, that's one Ma- last ditch effort. To, Absolutely. Yeah. Carl Malone and Gary Payton getting over to the, to the <laughs> Lakers, you know, then that implodes. And so, but Gary, and Gary Payton, Payton still <laughs> was ring chasing and got one. He was, he was, I mean the same thing with, with, with Jason Williams. And, but that was the thing though, is that they, I think knowing and looking and seeing like, okay, wait, this you is how had to stick Jason Williams in the conversation. 100% bro that's my guy dude <laughs> we're talking about hall of fame goat level players and then Jason Williams did too he did he's not in the, he's not in the he's not a hall of fame player no what maybe in got, come on in terms in, of highlights <laughs> in my world bro he in my in my he's in my the Caucasian hall of fame bro he's oh, dang dude why are you bringing it he, like that he brought prominence to the the white boy basketball game Bro. Like he made it cool to be white and be a hooper, did he not? Oh my gosh, man, dude! You know he is in the Hall of Fame, right? He is. Yes, I didn't know that. Yes, Williams will be part. Yeah, he he actually got it was actually last year. So, yeah. Oh, it, is that that's the University Hall of Fame? Oh man, St. John's. Oh, not the NBA. Basketball no. Hall of Fame. Mm-mm. Hold up, maybe I'm looking at the wrong one. But I thought because the Basketball Hall of Fame is not there's not an NBA Hall of Fame. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. It takes into account the entirety of your basketball career, not mm-hmm. like a NFL. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. See, I thought that um, that he did make it to the Hall of Fame. So, see, this is yeah. So, I, well, so there's the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, and so, yeah, so that's uh, for St. John's. Um, yeah, he's not a basketball Hall of Famer. Oh, he's not? I thought mm-hmm. he was. No. He's at whatever university he went to, but not. Oh, okay, basketball. gotcha. It was Chris Weber. It was the one who got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Not, um, not Jason Williams. So he's in my Hall of Fame, bro. He is... And he culturally, he if basketball had a cultural Hall of Fame, he would be in it. Yes, I, I, that's a good one. That's a good one because he he because he brought he did something important to the game. Like he made basketball cool and relevant. Like I kind of feel like he did what Steph Curry did. Like he made small guys happy and realized they could play basketball or whatever. <laughs> Like Real, that style of play. Realizing he's over 6'2". Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so I always think that's funny is because you see these guys, especially in the NBA, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I bet they're my height. Negative Ghost Rider. 
negative. And the whole Wimby thing put that into pers- even more perspective for me. Like seeing that picture of him and David Robinson and Tim Duncan wow. and how he just dwarfed them. Like, that's insane yeah. <laughs> how big this dude is. Hey, and we got Wimby talk coming up on our next episode. Yes, we got somebody coming in from an outside perspective. Perspective: We're two San Antonio guys, and mm-hmm. we're kind of surrounded by the hype of him. He's going to maybe ground us a little bit, see what the... I don't know. Non-San Antonio perspective is. I'll let you know right now. You know, um, you have to listen to next week's uh, next week's episode to find out. But I am super concerned about the hype around Wimby. It's a little ridiculous. It is. It's a lot of ridiculous. It is. <laughs> I am. I am super super concerned. I've um, liked what I've like character wise or whatever. The little bit that I've seen, he seems like a good dude. Yeah. So I'm excited to. But that doesn't necessarily translate to being a goat on the basketball court, like what he's projected to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Duncan was a savage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> have you seen that clip of uh, KG talking about how Tim Duncan trash talks? Yes. That's so funny. <laughs> Dude. Oop, almost. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've never played against somebody who, who would trash talks like that it's <laughs> it can be super frustrating because you can't do anything and they're just so it's almost goofy it is and it's like they're so dominant and if they're able to dominate you to that degree and they're not even like super hyped and angry and aggressive it's it's a little demoralizing it is because you realize and it's part of the mind game of it because yeah. you realize like I'm not even on the same planet as this person yeah I'm getting to this level he's not at that level and I can't can't get to his level yes yeah and he's not like he's not even trying like he's yeah. like oh out of position it's Money. a game to him like this is real life you're treating it like <laughs> and he's he recognizes it for what it is yeah yeah he's out there playing with his son and that's you. Yes. And so and, and <laughs> putting you in the blender. Oh my gosh. And it could just be oh. so so aggravating. Um but that recency bias, I think part of it is with I think the, the other thing that helps too is social media. Yeah. Because and people are always looking people for clicks. Sh- they see these outlandish things, they share it like you and I do. It goes viral. Yeah. And then it gets put out to this mass amount of people. Some non-basketball literate somebody that doesn't watch basketball sees it takes it as gospel and they it just spreads like wildfire for sure i I was watching i was working out the other day and espn was on and it was like one of the like first take or something like Mm -hmm. that dude these guys they're this is their their um their conversation which i was like this is so dumb who will be better at their sport aaron Rodgers or kevin durant and i was like they don't play the same sport. <laughs> like that's such a. Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, they're ru- it's baseball season. They're running out of things to talk about, dude. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> like it's, and this is obviously like the lull. I think even yeah. for us, like we're not. You know, I'm, I think three of the four majors in golf have already been played. I think there's one more, and that doesn't happen till like September. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking around, and I'm like, ah, what what is there to what is there to watch? Who's playing this weekend? Not nobody. Yeah, I ain't watching a baseball game. Ah, dude, right? Like, I get my Texas Rangers scores like on my watch, and that's good enough. Like, I just want to know whether they won or lost. I don't even care to that degree. It's like the destiny story to me. Oh, damn, bro! I don't care at all. (laughs) I mean, I gotta like, I always root for my team. Yeah, you know, like, like if it's Texas team, like I'm rooting for them. You know, and And I don't have like because I 
grew up a military brat. Like I don't have any affiliation or strong, deep rooted connections with any city or anything like that. So I don't care to keep up with like, Oh, the, the giants are the closest affiliation do I have with any baseball team, but I couldn't name a single player, a single anything about the giants. I just know they're in San Francisco. Yeah. I, you know, now that you said, I don't know if I can name somebody on the Texas Rangers, but go Rangers. <laughs> Fake fan. Yeah. Oh, hey. I mean, close enough, right? Yeah. We, we were talking about that even. It was because it was, it was a Wimby and Jose Altuve meme. Mm-hmm. And so Jose Altuve is a very short baseball player. And, and Wimby's a very tall NBA player. Yeah. For those of you that don't know. Yes. And, uh, and, and you were like, I don't even know who that guy is. I was like, how do you not know who this guy is? And then you threw out two names who I had no idea who they were. <laughs> you don't know who... Uh, Aaron Judge is. I either. do know who Aaron okay. Judge is. I've been a bit a little, but I didn't know the other guy. Like so, I heard Shohei Otani. I threw out those two names. I have no. I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. Like I have no clue what they look like. But yeah. those are the only two baseball names I know. I mean, I know Bryce Harper. I could pick him out of a lineup. I couldn't. I um, never heard that name. You know who Bryce Harper is? Mm-mm. He's like the best player. He plays for the Phillies now. They signed him to like play there the rest of your life which is wild in baseball now it's like normally these guys will be really good and then mm-hmm. one team signs them for like the rest of their career yeah is it like um ken griffey jr still getting paid by the mariners that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome i mean kudos for him which is what that's the other thing too it's like so we're not into baseball. they have weird contracts so we're not into baseball but baseball makes so much money yeah like ridiculous insane amounts of money I don't know how. I don't. Understand. I don't either. It's a. I feel like it's a money laundering scheme at this point. Something, bro. I feel like I don't know that many people that are really that invested in baseball, right? But it's this giant entity with making this massive amounts of money, like you're saying. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, maybe it's because maybe it's super popular up in the Northeast and, and other areas where it's more um, like the population is more dense. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think of, but. Down here in Tejas, I mean, if you're unless you're in Arlington or Houston, I mean, then again, Houston, like everybody cares about the Astros. Yeah, like that's just that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like being in being in H Town. But are people really watching these games or anything like that to get these massive TV contracts? Oh yeah, I mean, like I, I think if with if, football, like what are the ratings on these baseball games, or are there just so many of them that? they are able to profit that way maybe it's a mix of both you're gonna watch it if it's like your hometown i think yeah which is why there's i don't know if there is a baseball but team in a basketball and football draw from more than just hometown fans though correct like everybody watches nfl sunday everybody watches like big nba games right i don't know many people tuning into most uh baseball games and that's what i'm saying i think that's why it's you have mainly like they're not in like a small market i can't think of one in a small market like one baseball team yeah in in a small market because you need the the local right like Mm -hmm. because baseball would always i mean it it wouldn't even be on like a major network it would be on like fox sports southwest Mm -hmm. espn ocho you know like all those (laughs) so it becomes a little bit different but so let's get into dad talk. All right. This is going to come out. Um, we're recording this the week of what would be considered 4th of July weekend. Um, and 
I actually did not know it was going to be Fourth of July weekend until <laughs> I was talking to my little sister yesterday, and she was like, "Hey, what are y'all doing for the Fourth of July weekend?" And I was like. Isn't that next weekend? And then come to find out, 4th of July is literally next week. Yeah. I was like, dude. Got to put that plan into motion. Bro, because it uh, definitely was not happening. Like, I had no idea. I was like, um, what? So, yeah. So, we had to kind of get all that together. And wanted to just, you know, with it being a holiday, want to give you all, like, just some some recommendations. Now, what do you all normally do on or how to how to handle it like with kids, right? So, uh, what we usually do, uh, there's a church up close to kind of where we live. They put on a big firework display. Usually have concert and everything like that. So we usually go up there. Okay. Are they doing anything this year? Do you know? I believe so. Okay. Do you know what they're doing or no? I think kind of the same thing. Kind of like a carnival, um, and then have a concert and then fireworks at the end. Gotcha. Now, do they do that on the Fourth of July, or during the, or 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 how do they do that? Or they do it like um, over the weekend? I feel like Fourth of July landed on a weekend, but I last year or so, or yeah. when we've gone in the past, but I think they do it still even on the Fourth. Okay, because most people are off that day anyway. Right. Right. And so, um, yeah. So, so now, what about doing fireworks like with your kids? Do you do that at all? Um, when I was living in Arkansas, we kind of lived in the country, so we would do them at the house. Um, especially with kids, we are usually, they can't hang that late, so okay. they're usually in bed, and then it sometimes wakes them up, and we'll go out in the backyard and look at what a, the neighbors are doing, but haven't really popped them ourselves. Okay, so so now that's, I think that brings up something like we, like I struggled with, with some, with my kids when they were younger, is... Did it ever freak your kids out? Um, because normally they'll be going off like, and they go off like literally all night. Yeah. Um, usually they're pretty good with fireworks and storms and stuff like that. Okay. They don't. It just gradually kind of wakes them up. It's not a startling like oh, I'm terrified type of thing. Gotcha. So we've been blessed in that department. Now, so where I live, I don't live very far out in the country, but. You can actually um, pop fireworks in our front yard. <laughs> so I think most, even if you can't, I think most people do <laughs> in <right>. Texas. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Now, in my in the small town that I grew up in, we always had to go out like somewhere and pop fireworks because, of course, it's a town of like a hundred thousand people, so it was a little bit easier to track down where the fireworks were going mm-hmm. off at. <laughs> um, and then out here, it's, there's just so many people. Yeah, that you can't really um, keep it under wraps like that, bro. For real, because it is, it'll be wild. Yeah. You know, everybody in the city would be arrested. Yeah, they just don't have the capacity. <laughs> yeah, um, and so, uh, so we that was one of the things that we had to deal with was actually end up having to, uh, kind of like lay our kids like back down and this is even kind of something that that goes into what we talked about in our dads do disney some some disney advice is what age do you feel like your kids have gotten excited about fireworks if they're if they have even gotten there yet um my daughter is it probably got excited around three okay um i remember when we were in buda my son was he would have been like one or so. And I remember him being excited about him. Oh, nice. So 
And he actually was like paying attention to it mm-hmm. the whole time. Okay. Yeah. So I had or no, they, we would have been in San Antonio by the time, but I remember him as a young kid being excited, being for excited Brian. about him. Yeah. So my kids had the opposite response, or have had the opposite really? response. They did not get excited for fireworks till they were six. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, Violet's always loved. She wasn't ever really scared of them, mm-hmm. and once she kind of realized when she was three, she was really excited by him. But my son's just always kind of been just kind of captivated and fascinated by him. Like the big ones, the ones that mm-hmm. like, yeah. See, my my boys, I like, did not like it at all. Which oh, is, not even the big ones. No, especially they like the oh, small wow. ones. They didn't like the big ones. Oh, they love and have loved the big ones. Yeah, which is super funny because both my boys are kind of loud, um, <laughs> <laughs> and mine are in comparison pretty mellow. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just different people, parenting yeah. styles, and, and environment and stuff. And so, which is hilarious to me because you would think that. I would think that my kids would just be like amped about it. Now, yeah. my oldest Eli, who's ten, oh for sure is now. Yeah, yeah, he's all in. I mean, like we like so when we go to Disney, it, there'll be things, there'll be times where we'll probably you know take the youngest one back, mm-hmm. and then you know the we'll stay out with the older one, and you know me and him will stay out and watch the fireworks, mm-hmm. you know, because he's gonna want to see every single one, um, yeah, which is which is fantastic. So whenever it's here, it's like, okay, uh, where, where do you, you know, like, where do you go to pop fireworks? Where do you kind of go get those things? So, um, I, so if you have like younger kids, kind of my recommendation is like, you know, start small, actually like do what you do, take them somewhere mm-hmm. before you go out and spend like, cause fireworks are expensive now, dude. Really? I haven't bought fireworks and I don't know in my adult life that I've ever bought fireworks. Oh man. You're fixing to buy a ton. I'm just letting you know. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I think like I think like once Judah turns five, you'll be like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, let's go do this. And then you're gonna walk in there and you're gonna be like, Wait, you want me to spend two to three hundred dollars for this basic pack? <laughs> I don't know if I could justify that Dude, for one night then. It's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. I think the best thing to do is like get together with some people and everyone chip in. Yeah. Like, you know, chip in for like that bar, you know, after the barbecue or something like that, everyone chip in, you know, $150, $200. But if you go there with like, if, if you can go there with like a group of, like a group of adults, like let's mm-hmm. say five, five adults or whatever that is. And you can walk in there with a good amount of money, 500 to like 750 bucks somewhere around there why don't we do that for more events like that's you could pool a big chunk of money and it not go away in one night like i feel like you could justify doing something a little more exciting yeah pool of five adults and that big of amount of of money right and that like so something like that like makes sense because then you can buy because then you get the benefit of the bulk buy yeah right like Mm -hmm. you're gonna buy like one big thing that probably costs like 150 dollars you're gonna pop at the very end to be like your grand finale yeah you're gonna get a bunch of other things that cost like you know 50 to 20 dollars and then you're gonna get like the kids stuff which you're probably gonna spend 200 dollars on yeah but it's enough where because we've had so much kids stuff like sparklers and all that stuff that do that stuff ends up lasting till like new year's and then some because <laughs> it's just the truth right like yeah. you, you can go and get like a pack of sparklers of like of 12 for like two bucks mm-hmm. but if you had two kids like you and i do 
dude, they're done by the third one. Yeah. Right. So like now I got half of these sparklers that I'm like, wait, what are we doing with this? Oh my gosh. They're going to sit in my garage, become a fire hazard, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, which by the way, don't store them in your garage. That definitely is a fire hazard yeah. <laughs> in the state of Texas. As hot as it's been. Dude, it's been brutal, yes. brutal. Um, but you know, my recommendation is for like the 4th of July is, and if you have kids, definitely go, go do that. Um, couple of great places to eat because I know that y'all were, you know, you know, you have some things like uh, going to show some people around. So if you're visiting San Antonio, just a couple quick spots real quick. And we're definitely going to talk more, uh, I think, more about it. Um, the Pearl is a great spot to go look around, find some good, good coffee. Lorraine Bakery makes great food. Um, that's definitely like a, a go to spot, I think, in, in San Antonio. Um, you know, good Good co- I think, man, I think San Antonio has a lot of like good coffee spots. Really? Yeah, for sure. There's, oh, there's a sushi bar down at the, uh, at the quarry mm-hmm. where it does the conveyor belt sushi. Okay. So that's, that's always good. Fun. Yeah, that's always fun to go to. Um, cause I know you got a friend coming in. Now, whenever, uh, you have, um, you have Schlitterbahn on here. That's, that's fun. The Riverwalk. Man, dude, the only thing about the Riverwalk is it's just in Texas during the summer. I think the main thing we want to do on the river walk is like the boat ride. Okay, gotcha. Just to just to do it and kind of check it off the mm-hmm. check it off the walk list. around a little bit, maybe eat somewhere, do the boat ride. Yeah. La Cantera, dude, actually has a lot of really good spots. Really? Yeah, absolutely. They have a they have a place there that my wife loves to go go called Bowl and Barrel. And they have good food and uh and it's bowling. So, okay. And it's like a cool like little setup. Um of course, then you have all like the big things that are kind of everywhere, like Andretti's, iFly, mm-hmm. um, dude, Velvet Taco. Have you ever been to Velvet Taco? I have. They were. I wasn't that impressed. What? They had good margs. Uh, I don't really drink that often, so okay. Those are good. I mean, then then I like their uh, um, do their shrimp and grits taco or their chicken Ooh, and tried, waffles. I haven't tried either of those, so maybe oh. I haven't tried the the epitome. Next time go there because you like I know you like Cajun food mm-hmm. you know and I've seen you put away some crawfish so I know Judah you ate all my crawfish <laughs> bro he was going after it <laughs> he was definitely going oh, after man. it I, I was so happy about that though I'm like yes he's he's got some he can handle some spice yeah man absolutely proud of him. absolutely the spice really comes in crawfish from the outside though yeah you know like it some of it seep, seeps in there but but he was licking his fingers and everything. Ooh boy that's uh that's where the, the grown man yeah yeah that real heat so i want i want my eyes to water and so <laughs> i need to some I need to chase it with some ice cream so it doesn't mess me up later um yeah great uh great things uh so those are uh, now if you're going to i'm just throwing this one off the dome dude i'm gonna give everyone a quick brisket lesson because i feel like brisket goes great on the fourth of july oh for sure so brisket goes good any time of year any time of day yeah any day of the week there you go man so it's just good yeah so there are so you can actually um so a couple ways that you can cook brisket now i'm going to give you a pellet smoker way okay so because that's what i use um and so and i'm also going to give you one way to make it in the oven so yeah so oven one so if you're going to do it in the oven you're going to start with um so, cause the thing about the oven is you're not going to, it's going to, uh, it's going to soak up a lot of stuff and you don't really have the smoke. Mm-hmm. So 
the main thing is that you're going to buy a brisket. And this is for if you don't know how to trim a brisket, none of that stuff. So you can just write this down. You go to HEB, and you're going to buy a super trim brisket. So that way you don't have to trim any of it up. Um, and then you're going to place it in a foil pan. And the, the goal here is about 10 to 12 pounds. That's a good size brisket. 10 to 12 pounds is the easiest one to cook. Um, and it's roughly... Um, uh, and it's roughly, I think it's like about an hour for every two pounds, um, in there and your, your temperature that you're looking for and all of this, whenever you're, you're doing, if you ever have to pull it out of the oven to check it, um, you should be about eight hours, but you're going to temp it at two Oh five. That's like what you're going to be looking for, but you need to buy, um, it's called Killens, K I L L, um, uh, E N S and they have a salt and pepper rub. Mm-hmm. It's just salt, pepper, and it's that, that's all that you need for brisket. So it's super trimmed. You got it out. You, you 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 cut it open, pull it out of the package, wash it off, dry it off, make sure there's no blood on it. And you're going to put it in this pan. You're going to just season the mess out of it. This is where your bark is going to come in, in this foil pan. So you're going to season the mess out of it. Then you're going to have to get this thing called uh, Claude's Brisket Marinade. You're going to put that in the bottom. And uh, then you're going to take some mesquite or sorry, uh, you're going to take some liquid smoke. And I, sorry, you're actually going to put this liquid smoke on top of the brisket before you apply the um, this the uh, the bark. So and you're just going to kind of rub it in there and then you're just going to set the, the 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 brisket inside the pan, throw it in the oven and then let that baby roll at um, 275 for and you're going to check it at six hours. If you have a meat thermometer, you want it to go to 205. And then if it's not there, you're going to throw it back in there. Uh, and then and you, check it out every how often? Every after? hour. Every hour? Yep, okay. they're going to check it every hour. And so, and then you're going to pull it out. You're going to wrap it in. You're going to take it out of there. You're going to um, uh, wrap it in foil. And then you're going to let it sit there and let it rest for one hour. And so, and then that's it when it comes to that. Now, if you're going to do it the pellet smoker way, you are going to season it, or you're doing it on the smoker, you're going to season the absolute mess out of it. And this one is like a 14, is a 12 to 14 hour cook. So it's a lot longer. So you got to like waking up the night before. You and don't put the marinade or whatever? Nope. This one doesn't, this one doesn't require a marinade because you're going to get all that smoke flavor. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have the smoke flavor or the smoke you're going to need that marinade to kind of seep in there. And this is a real easy, real basic one that just kind of gets you started. And then after you're comfortable with cooking it like this, then you can move over into trimming your own brisket, uh, doing some injections, doing a couple of different things. Um, so with this one, let's say you have a Traeger. I have a Traeger and it makes it super easy. And all you're going to do is you're going to uh, get the same salt and pepper seasoning um, and you're going to just season the mess out of it. You're going to let that bark adhere. You could even like cover it in Worcestershire or mustard. You that. I did. What, did I say it right or wrong? I think you did. Wow, did I? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I honestly thought that's like one that I like. I totally butchered saying that all the time. Oh, no, you killed that. Even trying to say it again. Don't say it mind, again. Don't, for sure. Don't do it. It's you not happening. Go out on top. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so, 
you season, you know, of course, so you just need it as a binder to really hold it all on there. Um, and it'll, the, the, the taste will, will go like, you're not going to taste the mustard or the other sauce. And so you, you don't have to use it. I don't normally use it, but you just season it up and then you are going to throw it on there and you're going to let that thing roll at, at 225 or 250, whatever you want until it reaches an internal temp of 165. Super so it was important. 205 for oven, but 165 for pellet? Uh-huh, because we got another extra step when we're doing the pellet. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So it, that's just there on the grate. It's running at until it gets to 165. Then you're taking it off, and then you're going to wrap it in butcher paper. So you're going to set out two things of butcher paper, and you're going to wrap it up like your favorite Christmas gift. And once you're done wrapping it to where it's real tight, you're going to put it back on the grill. And so as you put it back on the grill, you're going to, and then you have your thermometer, you're going to let it go for until it gets to 205. Okay. Once it gets to 205, you're going to take it off. And so when I say 205, you can go out there and and gauge it. Um, Normally it takes roughly, um, uh, roughly about um, one hour per pound of brisket. So at at that temperature, you know, for that temperature to rise as far as your cook time. So once you get that, you're going to take it off. Once it gets to 205, you're going to take it off and you are going, just like it is, in the butcher paper and then you're going to put it in a cooler or an ice chest, small one if you have one. Um, You're going to put it in there or what you can do is you can put it um, in a pan. To rest? Yeah, to rest. And then with that, you're letting it rest for four hours. Yeah. Why the extended amount of time? Uh, What happens is the meat starts to cook itself and it, pulls in all of that juicy tasting fat all the way through and it crisps up the outside for you and uh, and then whenever you pull it out of let's say the the cooler or so does it like change the physiology of the the meat when you smoke it as opposed to when you cook it in the oven uh yes that makes it more advantageous to to rest to rest like that yeah it does so you couldn't rest an oven cooked one like you, that you could but with the oven cooked one you're also you have a lot of juices and marinade so it's like mm. the, so it's you know that fat that's rendering is going into the juices and you're trying to keep it all in there yeah um whereas with a smoker you're um and on like a regular grill grate it's it's a lot slower and there's a little bit of um, with an oven, it's going to be 250 the whole time. Yeah, because it's electric. It's we just have that better science with pellet and real smokers. You're using fire, mm-hmm. and so even though it can be close, it's like, not completely even the whole time. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so and and um, so it's going to. So the rest is where the magic is. I mean, it's easier to cook brisket than it is to make a steak. Oh wow! Yeah, for sure. Um, it just feels super complicated, but it's really just season the whole thing up, throw it on the grill. If you're cooking on a grill or on a smoker, season the whole thing up, throw it on the grill, let that thing run to 165, take it off, wrap it, throw it back on there to, until it gets to 205, put it in an oven, or sorry, put it in a, a, a place that holds temperature for it to rest and then pull it out afterwards and then just cut it up, man. And that's it. Yeah. 
like with steak. I mean, did you see those like Gordon Ramsay and stuff? And they're like, throw the butter at the time. Do the rosemary. Now we're going to baste three times. (laughs) Take it off and let it rest. Okay. Now we're throwing it back on. 17.2 minutes. Yes. Don't go an extra minute. Yes. Cooking, cooking a good brisket. You're not trying to go for the best brisket in the world. Yeah. Oh, I want the best brisket in the world, though. One hundred percent. But you're not. You, you ain't gonna. You're not gonna spend the money to make all that bad barbecue to get to that good barbecue. Yeah. You know, um, is the way to go. So for your Fourth of July, there's some quick recommendations. If you're visiting San Antonio, hit up a couple of those spots. If you're looking to make your own brisket, and then uh, some ideas for uh, um, how to get together and have a good time with your kids with the fireworks. So, what you think, bro? I'm going to cook a brisket this weekend. Let's go. (laughs) Super pumped. And if you need any help, hit us up in the Discord. I'll be watching it. And if I can help you out on your cook, love to... Love to throw it out there. You know what, dude? I mean, we should start... We'll put a channel in the... um, in the Discord for just barbecue. I'm down. I'll I'll be live in that channel this weekend while I'm oven cooking my my brisket. I almost want to... A pellet grill at church though this oh. uh, last week so so what two weeks ago gotcha yeah you had told me that if you understood Man. the rules it would have been game over oh I for sure would have won Man. and I would have been cooking a pellet grilled brisket this week instead of a oven baked one but oh man it was I don't want to retell it I'm gonna my cry <laughs> just kidding <laughs> we hope y'all enjoyed the show hope y'all have a good, great 4th of July weekend uh, we love y'all God bless God bless